0: It is Monday, April 3rd. I'm Scott Sattenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. The first weekend of the baseball season in the books.
1: And college basketball comes to an end tonight. Here
0: comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas A.M., your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The national championship comes down to tonight, UConn and San Diego State. The LSU women defeat Caitlin Clark in Iowa to win the women's national championship. So so
1: classless. Let me clutch my pearls. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Can't see me, bro. Yeah, that's
0: right. You You just can't see me. And pointing to the ring, I like on it. The finger. I like it. I'm, yeah. I'm for. I, I guess. Well, I want to say something about Caitlin Clark and that whole thing. But let's. I'll say it real quick. I don't understand what why everyone makes a big deal out of it. The the girls that they're celebrating. She's talking smack. Whatever. They both talk smack to each other. Who yeah. cares?
1: Like, Who cares. There's. It, I'm for this. You if you talk smack, be ready
0: to catch it back. Uh, if a player on UConn. If a, if a, if Sunogo tonight makes that gesture towards Mensa, is that he plays for San Diego yeah. State, is anybody making a big deal of this? No. Probably not. Not even in the slightest. Probably it's just because it's the women's game and whatever. By the way, kudos to Kate and Clark, who had a phenomenal NCAA tournament. Congratulations to LSU winning the national championship. Let's talk about UConn and San Diego State and the path that both schools took to get to where we are tonight.
1: Yeah, games that um, were much different looking than what we expected them to be. If you had told me one of these games was going to be up and down, plenty of scoring, I would have said, oh, well, that's easy. That's the UConn-Miami game. Nope. That was the San Diego State-Florida-Atlantic game where defense was...
0: Optional? Optional. No, I mean they they did San Diego State did clamp down. I mean they came back from fourteen points down and late in the second half.
1: San Diego State jumped out to a big lead in this game. I think it was fourteen to two. And as someone who was on San Diego State, I was feeling pretty good. Feeling good about things. Mm-hmm. And after that fourteen to two run, it's like they fell asleep for the next I don't know, twenty minutes of game clock, uh into the first half, into the second half. And Florida Atlantic was just having their way and San Diego state finally went on a run where they got second chances basically every time down the floor. Mm -hmm. And again, the San Diego state offense is not pretty. It's not, uh, it's not flawless by any stretch, but they create enough second chances that it covers up a lot of stuff. And they kept getting second chances, and Florida Atlantic rebounded really well in the first half. And San Diego State, down the stretch, just said, enough, we're taking all of these rebounds and we're making something happen. And then, of course, they, uh, they, they get the game in striking range and hit a floater to win it by one, mm-hmm. much to my chagrin, uh, <laughs> win by one point. Uh, but San Diego State, they're, they're thrilled no matter what. They weren't worried about the point spread for whatever reason. Uh, they move on to the national championship, and th- this was a good Matt Bradley game. I, I always say when Matt Bradley is bad, it's really tough for San Diego State's offense to work. But if he, he hits four of eight from three, they've got a chance every time. Uh, and, you know, Ladee did his job on the boards. Nathan Minsa, who you mentioned, uh, on both ends, making things difficult defensively on on Golden, the uh, the big for uh, Florida Atlantic, and you know they they just had enough, and it was a it was an off day for John L Davis, mm-hmm. who is Florida Atlantic's kind of their best player. They're, they're a team team like they're old school, like everybody's everybody pitches in, but John L Davis is the best player they've got, and he just didn't really show up uh, on Saturday night. So a nice win for San Diego State, first Mountain West team ever. In the final four, yeah, obviously well, the first ever in the national
0: championship. It, it's The game, obviously San Diego State came back from a big deficit. I mentioned they were down like 14 points late in the second half. But also... They had so many opportunities to take the lead and extend the lead. Wasn't there a stretch? Didn't they miss like seven straight yeah. free throws or something like yeah. that at the end? Yeah. Like they literally missed every every free – and then they kept getting the offensive rebound too. But they kept missing all these free throws at the end, and it was like you you just felt this was going to be the reason why they lost the game. But ultimately, Florida Atlantic missed their shot on that final possession and – well, San Diego State made theirs.
1: Yeah, so San Diego State, a 72 percent free throw shooting team on the season, uh, in this game, 59 percent. So yeah, it left awful. nine points uh, on the free throw line, which all I needed was one more of them for a. Pu- I would have taken a push. I would have taken a push. You had minus two. I had minus two. That was a good number. Well, yeah, get there early, baby. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but it didn't matter. A yeah, good number didn't matter. Uh, but San Diego State. On to the championship, where they will face the Connecticut Huskies, who continue to just dominate this tournament. I and wish I would have laid the
0: minus one twenty five before the final four on UConn. Oh yeah, because yeah. I mean, if you rolled over the money lines, it would be less than minus. It would be. Yep. It would be. It would be worse. It would be worse payouts than if you just did minus 125. Yeah. Because they're a seven point favorite in this game. Huh? Oh, they're seven
1: and a half, and most of the Seven and a half. Now. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. Um, and what's funny, the line, it, so it opened six and a half for about, I don't know, five minutes, 10 minutes. I got down a small bet at six and a half. Mm-hmm. By the time I could get it to my pregame clients, it was seven. Maybe five minutes later, it was eight. Wow. And then it, it pushed back down. So this has touched eight. Uh, it, but uh, let, let's talk about UConn and and why they are going to be such a big favorite. They dominated Miami, mm-hmm. and I, this goes back to something I said last week, and I took a lot of grief for was saying Miami was the worst team left in this tournament. They looked like it. I don't think it's even debatable mm-hmm. at this point. Like they, there was just and part of it is UConn is so good, but Miami just they they didn't adjust. They they didn't have an answer for anything. They just, they and they weren't good. Like they 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 weren't competitive in this game. Uh, and a lot of that, sure, credit to UConn defensively. This team is so good on both ends. Uh, when they have Sunogo and Caravan on the floor, it's just it's almost impossible to get anything around the basket. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going it, it creates an interesting matchup with San Diego State, who obviously relies on on their bigs as well, but their bigs just aren't as big. And it's going to be a, a tough matchup uh, for Minsa and, and those guys down low against the, these against Sinogo and Carabin, who have both just been phenomenal. Sinogo was about as good as he could be in this
0: mm-hmm. game. Let and- me throw this out to you: Yukon's minus three forty five, three fifty. Mm-hmm. Adama Sinogo minus one sixty to be the tournament most outstanding player. If it's not him. Jordan Hawkins is plus three
1: sixty. Yeah, Hawkins was okay,
0: not great. Like he made a couple late threes, but he was he struggled for the most part. Now, if you think San Diego State's going to win, just bet San Diego State plus two seventy. Don't worry about trying to figure out if it's going to be Matt Bradley or Lamont Butler. I mean, Bradley is plus five fifty. Lamont Bl- Butler is plus fifteen hundred. Darion Trammell is thirty to one. And
1: Trammell, I mean, l- listen, the. If San Diego State, like you said, the best way to bet it is bet money line. Yeah, you think they're going to win for UConn. That is, th- not a bad I think, call.
0: I think taking Sonogo at minus one sixty is the play because I think it's a really good, really good. I think it's what would you say, ninety percent that if UConn wins, Sanogo's is the player. i best a, player. I'd say it's at least seventy five percent. Yeah, like if somebody
1: had some ridiculous, like if somebody scores forty right tonight, but. The, then then maybe the they that, get it. <laughs> the fact that you're taking the guy who went 21 points, 10 rebounds in the first game mm-hmm. uh, on 9 of 11 shooting, yeah. by the way, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a pretty good – and a couple blocks because he's elite defensively too. Yeah. It's a pretty good start. So uh, Hawkins was – I'm going to give it. That's
0: my best bet. I like I like that. Like Adamas 160, tournament most outstanding player. Okay. And yeah. that's your – that is my correlation to UConn winning the game. So instead of laying – Minus 345, minus 350 for UConn to win the game. I'm going with Sunogo, minus 160, tournament outstanding player.
1: I think that's a good call.
0: Yeah. 160? Where's that at? Fandle.
1: Okay. hmm See if I can uh, send a text. That might be a uh, good call to get something down on. Yeah. Right. Sen-
0: yeah, yeah. Send a text. I mean, can you see a path to San Diego State winning this game? Sure. Um, what, what is that path? It,
1: it, it's a path where UConn misses every outside shot, which again, that stretch of where they lost six of eight in big East play. That's what happened. Uh, and if you think about how, how big East teams are designed and, and why everybody talks about the big East being so physical, the, San Diego state profiles similarly to a big East team. Like they are a physical team. They're mm-hmm. going to beat you up. Um, a lot of it depends on how this game is officiated. Uh, if if they just let it be a a war, then yeah. you know, who knows like the, the, the San Diego State Creighton game, uh, if it's officiated like that, San Diego State's got a chance because mm-hmm. they're if they're allowed to bully and they're allowed to uh, to be physical, then they're they're very du- they're tough to manage. Uh, so there is a path to Yukon losing this game. It's just the way they're playing now, and the way you know San Diego State having to fight back and and against Creighton and having to fight back against Florida Atlantic, the UConn team just feels like the kind of squad that doesn't give up a big lead. Like once they get to rolling on you, it doesn't stop. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's an avalanche. So I, I think that if if San Diego State has any chance, they have to be competitive in the first half. Like this game, if this game is a an eight point game at halftime, it's over. It's over. This isn't a team that you're going to be able to, to come back
0: on like, like they were uh, against Florida Atlantic. Ooh, that might be a good bet then. If you can get the double result bet, so UConn to be winning at the half, and then UConn to win the game, that's minus 160 right there. Okay. That's the double result. If you think it's going to be San Diego State winning at the half, and then UConn winning the game, that's plus 500. If you think it's a tie and then UConn winning the game, plus 2,600. If you think UConn wins at the half but San Diego State comes back and wins the game, plus 900. That's the least likely outcome. Okay. And if you think San Diego State just goes wire to wire, plus 410. Okay.
1: No, San Diego State, UConn comes back on San Diego State, that's not the least likely. I apologize. No,
0: that's plus 500. Okay. I thought it was –
1: what I'm saying is UConn uh, leading at half and San Diego State coming back to win,
0: that's Mm -hmm. the most unlikely in my opinion. Um, I'll tell you what I don't hate here: a tie at the half, and then UConn winning is plus twenty six hundred.
1: Yeah, I mean you've, you got to land right on the number
0: though. That's yeah, it's a little sprinkle, why. but you know what I'm saying. It's like, it, but but think about it: if UConn Yukon is minus one sixty, and San Diego State Yukon is five to one, the tie is twenty six to one. Yeah, I mean it's crazy just for UConn to win. But yeah, that's interesting. The UConn winning at the half, winning the game because you think that. There you can't come back on UConn. Well, it's kind of like the same thing as betting Sonogo the minus one sixty to win the tournament. Yep. Most outstanding But just another way to get at it. If you don't want to lay the juice on UConn, um, you're already you. So you already have them laying six and a half. Yeah. Okay. Any feel towards the total? No. Um, the, the, I mean, obviously, I'd same. say yes, but I thought they would go over against Miami. Yeah. And it was never a sweat
1: San Diego State wants to crawl they want, went under a lot better. they want to make it a crawl uh Yukon wants to run but they didn't run in the last game although I guess they did a little bit maybe if Miami hits more shots that game is is a little a little higher scoring but uh no I I'm gonna sit out on the total of this thing because like I said the the path to San Diego State having a chance here is Yukon just going ice cold from outside mm. so it's uh it, it's a real possibility because, like I said, they've done it before, and this is why I talk. When I talk about UConn, I say I've seen them look like the best team in the country. I've also seen them look like they didn't belong in the tournament. So it's a it is a very hot and cold, very streaky team. Um, but yeah, I, I, I it, I'm terrified of this total because San Diego State's game going over and UConn's going under really
0: threw me for a loop. Yeah, did you see the shot quality scores for both the games? I did not. So, the shot quality result was Miami 72.1, UConn 68.6. Hmm. Does that just tell you that just Miami missed a boatload of shots? Sure. Does that, because there's no other way to look at it. Like, how do you explain a UConn win by a final score of 72 to 59? But the shot quality results, and that the shot quality just assume that you make all your shots? It assumes that you are going to make the shots
1: that you normally
0: make. Okay. So Miami missing open threes kills yeah. them. Okay, 72.1 to 68.6. But then again, also, you when UConn beat Arkansas, 88-65, yeah. shot quality said that Arkansas should have won 78.2 to 74.3. Yeah.
1: So the, I when you R J and I have talked about this when UConn
0: beat Saint Marys seventy to fifty five shot quality results were Saint Marys sixty three point three UConn fifty five point eight yeah shot quality doesn't like UConn uh, <laughs> yeah. but that
1: shot quality throws me off quite a bit because I'll see I'll watch games and go boy this was just an absolute. Uh, uh, clinic mm-hmm. and then you look at shot quality and like oh they should have lost no no you'd watched a different game than i did shot quality so as much as i i like the idea of shot quality sometimes i struggle with it because it, it often gives me results that i just don't
0: believe in well national championship game tonight from houston yukon the huskies laying seven and a half against san diego state the first weekend of the Major League Baseball season is in the books, AJ. And after three or maybe four games, we have three undefeated teams in Major League Baseball the Texas Rangers, who completed a three game sweep of the Phillies on Sunday Night Baseball with the 2 1 win, the Minnesota Twins, who took care of the Royals in a three game sweep, and the Tampa Bay Rays, who swept the Tigers, uh, in one of the better pitched series from this Tampa Bay Rays squad, and uh, I remember I was reading on Twitter, I think it was Jeff Passan, maybe who, who had mentioned um, when Tyler Glass now comes back, just how deep this yeah this Rays rotation is. It might be the best rotation in all of Major League yeah, Baseball certainly in the
1: conversation. Yeah. You get guys like Zach Eflin who. Mm-hmm. His numbers didn't look great last year yeah. because he's a ground ball pitcher and he was playing for the Phillies, who were terrible defensively. Yep. You put a good defense behind that guy. Man, he looked really sharp on yeah. a, on Saturday.
0: And Jeffrey Springs yesterday going out there and striking out 12 in six hitless innings. And that's the crazy thing is, like, Glassnow, I, it's hard to say
1: Glassnow could be their best pitcher because mm-hmm. McClanahan's so good. But, yeah. like, if Glassnow's peak form,
0: he could be just as good as McClanahan, which is—it's <laughs> wild to think about. Seriously, so yeah, they, uh, yeah, Jeff Paston said once Glenn Glassnow returns from his oblique, the staff would be McClanahan, Glassnow, Eflin, Springs, and Rasmussen. That, that's, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good pitching staff. So anyway, those are your three win, uh, undefeated teams in Major League Baseball. Your winless teams, obviously those teams that they played, the Royals, Tigers, and the Philadelphia Phillies. The team that has scored the most runs through the first three or four games in Major League Baseball is A.J., the Texas Rangers. Oh, boy. 29 runs scored in their three games against the Philadelphia Phillies. Where'd that come from? That came from a good hitting team in a hitter-friendly ballpark. And Philly's bullpen struggling. Or just Philly starters yeah, struggling. That's uh, true. The team with the least amount of run production in their first three. It's got to be the Royals. No. Oh. Because they got blanked twice. Mm. Who is it? It's a tie between the Tigers, who have scored just three runs played Tampa, in the first yeah. three games, who played Tampa, and the Oakland Athletics. Oh, this is a shocking development. Who scored three <laughs> runs? And by the way, I lost a game this uh, on Friday. Was it Friday or Thursday? It was Thursday, right? Oh no, yeah, I think it was Thursday when the A's beat the. Uh, angels, mm-hmm. or maybe it was Friday. I don't know. One of those, my days run into each other. Anyway, when the A's picked up their one win beating the angels, yeah, it was opening day two to one. Oh, Otani was on the Hill. Yeah. I lost that game. Anyway, the team that has given up the most runs in major league baseball, obviously it would be the uh, opposite Philadelphia Phillies, 29 runs. The team that has given up the least amount of runs in major league baseball. Yes. It makes sense. Both the rays and the Los Angeles angels. I tracked my system on Sunday yesterday, my getaway day system, AJ. All right. I call it getaway day sweep avoidance. And what it means is if you have a team that has won the first two games of a series and then they're playing on getaway day. Now, what is getaway day? Getaway day is when you have a day game and it's called getaway day because you play during the day so then you can travel – to your next city to play a game the next night or to start a series the the day after, whatever. I only apply it when you have to play the next day. I don't like it when you have to, you know, um, when you get a day off, because the day off kind of messes with things because you can play guys for the the day game after a night game because you can give them the day off the next day, the travel day, but the system is, You play on the teams that are trying to avoid the sweep on a getaway day situation. For example, yesterday you had four teams going for sweeps. You had the Braves trying to sweep the Nationals, the Twins trying to sweep the Royals, the Rangers over the Phillies, the Rays over the Tigers. The Rangers don't count because the Rangers stayed home and it was a night game, so it's not getaway day. The three others... Braves-Nats, Twins-Royals, Rays-Tigers all apply to the system. The Braves play the Nationals, then go to St. Louis to play the Cardinals tonight. Mm -hmm. The Twins played the Royals, travel to Miami to play tonight. The Rays going to D.C. to play the Nationals tonight. So the plays were Nationals, Royals, and Tigers. Now the system goes one and two. Now, I didn't play these. I'm tracking these for now. As I said on my Twitter page, I'm tracking them for now to see how they do. Last year, this was a very profitable system. This year, I'm tracking to see where we are. So far, you are 1-2, but because of the money line that you got on the Nationals beating the Braves, you are only down 0.37 units. So we'll monitor this. We'll keep an eye on the schedule as these teams begin series on Mondays. So we would assume maybe there's a Wednesday getaway, or if it's a four-game series, maybe a Thursday getaway. T- series that start on Tuesday will certainly have getaway day on Thursdays. Really, Thursdays and Sundays are like the best days to take a look at this system, right? Maybe you'll have a wraparound occasional series that goes, you know, till Monday. But Sundays and Thursdays are like the days to, to keep an eye on this. And especially if the opponent, if it's a big series coming up like a divisional series, and you line up your pitching accordingly. That's the way that you look at this system. So uh, we'll see who wins the first two games of these series that begin here this week, and we'll get back to you on getaway day either Wednesday or Thursday for some of these teams. Here's your schedule tonight. We have the Mets at the – oh, no, day games. Oh, you know why? Why? It's home openers for certain teams oh, yeah. here. So, the Mets will play the Brewers. It's the Brewers' home opener. This one at, uh, what is it, 2 o'clock Eastern time? Yep. Milwaukee is a minus 120 favorite. It is Freddie Peralta on the hill against Cookie Carrasco. Oh, what a good guy, Cookie. We'll see if the Mets can build off their 3-1 and one start over the Marlins uh, as the Brewers will open up. American Family Field for 2023. Hopefully for their, their sake with a win.
1: What happened to Miller Park?
0: That is Miller Park.
1: American Family Field. That's yeah, it's just the new name. Is Miller? It's not called
0: Miller Park at all anymore. It's not called Miller Park. That doesn't. That's not. That's not right in Milwaukee. They still have the slide. I don't like it. And the and the mascot goes down the slide during yeah, the, but... uh, during home runs. And that's enough family. The rest (laughs) of Milwaukee, anytime you're in Milwaukee, it should be about the beer. All right. The Giants are at the White Sox, where the White Sox have their home opener at guaranteed rate field.
1: Not new, Comiskey. not new, Comiskey. Yeah, yeah. Chicago- I think I've, I think when
0: I went there, it was all maybe maybe it was already guaranteed rate. Yeah. field. uh, Chicago is minus 135. Michael Kopek on the hill against Anthony D. Sclafani. The Cubs take on the Reds, and no, it's not a uh, home opener for the Reds. This is a night game, so all there's just two day games. Is it Met still Stovers. the great American ballpark? It's still the great American ballpark, and it's still the great American overpark. Uh, all right, uh, this the first three games of the series. Between the Reds and, uh, would well, they play the Pirates. Yeah. You had two overs and one under. So, you got to feel good about that, right? You're off to a good start.
1: Yeah. Uh, we'll see if the if the Cubs can do their part. Um, not a lot of fireworks for the Cubs bats so far this, uh, yeah. this young season.
0: Still got Dansby Swanson, though, so he, he's pretty good. Uh, and you'll have Drew Smiley going for the Cubs against Connor Overton for the Cincinnati Reds. That's a made-up person. It is. The Twins are at the Marlins. Minnesota, minus 125, looking to improve to 4-0 and on the season. Tyler Molly gets the start for Minnesota. And Johnny Cueto getting the start for the Marlins. Boy, the Marlins roster is just full of guys that are – you know that used to be really really good it maybe maybe that's what it is but it's like it's like old faces in new places and they all for some reason are on the Marlins it's a uh, it's just an interesting look at let, let me just give you this this lineup here or this positioning and you like you know who these people are like Luisa Rice Luisa Rice was, was like almost a batting champion or was the batting champion for the Twins uh Jorge Soler you know, Solaire had a, had a, had a good run in, in his career. Uh, where was what's Chicago it? Cubs? Yeah, Soler played, and he played for the, the Royals, the Royals too. A, yeah. the Royals for a while. So Solaire had a nice run. Um, let's see, Avi Garcia is in his second year with the uh, with the Marlins. Joey Wendell, who played for the Rays for a while, Gene Segura from the Phillies is in the now worst. on the Marlins. So like, it's just a team of uh, you know just. That they're all finding a retirement down in Florida. I like it. Yeah. Phillies are at the Yankees. It is Nestor Cortez, nasty Nestor, getting the start. Yankees are minus 170. Phillies in danger of starting the season 0 and 4. Taiwan Walker pitched really well for the Mets last year, pitching for the Phillies in this one tonight. The Rays are at the Nationals. You got Drew Rasmussen on the Hill. Tampa minus 178. Trevor Williams goes. For D.C., Pirates at the Red Sox, it is Juan or Johan Oviedo going for Pittsburgh against Cutter Crawford. How awesome of a name for a pitcher is Cutter?
1: Especially when it starts with a K. It starts with a K, yeah. Yeah.
0: Cutter Crawford. Boston is minus 160. I remember Oviedo when he was like a, a, a Cardinals prospect. You have the Blue Jays at the Royals and... Jose Barrios did not exactly have the season last year that you, you had hoped that he was going to have. He, was, he had a 5-2-3 ERA last year. That's not good. That's not good. Now, I mean, he won games. Like the Blue Jays just, they they hit. And his underlying stats were better than his surface numbers. But he needs a bounce back in a big way this year. And uh, Hillipo's Brady Singer going for the Royals. Toronto, minus 135 on the road. Braves will send Charlie Morton to the mound against the Cardinals. Atlanta, minus 130. St. Louis counters with Jake Woodford. The Orioles, who uh, you know looked like they were off to this incredible start when they beat the Red Sox on opening day. And then, by the way, all three games at Fenway went over. Yeah, Uh, lots of of runs. Lots of runs. Lots of action. And a lot of action. And then you see, like, they lose nine eight and then they lose nine five and it's like get pitching man yeah you 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 need pitching like you're building a lineup now you just you just don't have pitching wasn't Bradish one of the guys that they're looking at that they're, they're hoping would, yeah Kyle Bradish they're hoping that he's going to be a guy but John Gray um he he showed a lot of upside last year. For the uh, for the Texas Rangers, and they're very hopeful that he's going to be a big part of this rotation. Texas minus one forty as they look to stay undefeated. Tigers at the Astros. You got Matthew Boyd going for Detroit and Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown for Houston, the rookie. Rookie, yeah. Hand him the ball. This is this is interesting. Hunter Brown. Um, didn't get a start, uh, or maybe he did get a, like two starts last year, but primarily used out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And um, good tats, a, good tats, good stats. Yeah, got a .89 ERA in limited work last year. So well, welcome to the big leagues. Yeah, and th- going back to what we said about
1: uh, Detroit against Tampa, um, if you if you're not scoring enough runs to beat Tampa. Good luck scoring enough runs to beat the Astros. Yeah. Because they will put up
0: numbers. Houston minus 235. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Angels and the Mariners. Seattle minus 145. George Kirby going for Seattle. Reed Detmers for the Angels. You have the Guardians at the Athletics. Zach Plesac for Cleveland. James Caprillian, for a former Yankee uh, prospect,
1: right, James Caprillian. That's a made-up person,
0: too. Oh, come on. You know James Caprillion? No. No? Well, he was involved in like. I a- saw that
1: name. I was like, I don't know that name. Scott's gonna have
0: to pronounce that. Yeah, guy. he was. Uh, what, I feel like he was involved in like a big trade or something. Yeah, he was with the Yankees. Well, he's another A's minor leaguer. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, you got Caprillion going up against, who did I say? Zach, Cleveland minus 155. Diamondbacks at the Padres. San Diego bounced back. You know, they uh, lost the first two games to Colorado, and all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, big bust of a season. Colorado's a sixth. You know what? It's Major League Baseball. You're going to lose games to bad teams, but those bad teams aren't going to sweep you. You know the Colorado Rockies are not sweeping four games from the Padres, so the Padres bounce back with two wins. Um, also of note, the Diamondbacks split with the Dodgers. Yes. So, like, if I think Diamondbacks are feisty, they yeah, we're panicking. Like, yes. let's you know, maybe everybody needs a little panic. Diamondbacks are feisty. Ryan Nelson. From Henderson, Nevada. Hey, hey. Yes. Ryan Nelson from Henderson, Nevada will get the start for the Diamondbacks against the Padres. Ryan Weathers. So we're going to see if Ryan can beat Ryan. Ryan Weathers last year uh, pitched one time in the majors. Three and two-thirds innings against the Cubs. Gave up four runs on six hits for a... ERA of 9.82. Not ideal. Not ideal. But come on. It was like the only time he pitched in the majors. Like, give him a break. Uh, The Rockies are at the Dodgers, and it's Ryan Feltner going for Colorado against Michael Grove, who has high expectations for the Dodgers. L.A. minus 250 in that game.
1: Interesting night in the NBA where we saw something that we haven't seen in some time as we saw Scott the biggest upset in the last 30 years of the NBA how about that uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves fall to the Portland Trail Blazers as favorites that got up to as high as 19 and a half
0: home favorites I saw that that was like the biggest ATS loss. I think it is. Yep. Is that like like in history? Maybe. Uh, I don't know, but I've got since '95 teams of that
1: were 18 or more underdogs, 0 and 51 straight up. Oh wow! So I mean, this is and Minnesota's like they're right in the mix. They're they're currently ninth in the West. They're mm-hmm. trying to make the, this play in. Portland won and 11 in its last 12 games before this one. Uh, This was the, this, the Blazers have been losing games by 24, 34, 40, 15. Like they're, they're getting blown out by everybody. Um, And this was the biggest upset in the last 30 years. How about that? Uh, Remember McKenzie said, I wouldn't bet the Blazers. Maybe with your money, you bet the blazers. (laughs) That was against the Warriors. But if he took you up on that, then nice hit for McKenzie if you bet bet it with somebody else's money. Elsewhere, the Raptors, 128, 108 winners over the Hornets. The Nets hold off the Jazz, 111, to 110. Bulls, 128. Grizz, 107. Mavericks fall to the Hawks, 132, 130. The Knicks, your Knicks, 118, 109. And clinched the playoff spot. Winners Not that over. I thought it was never in jeopardy, but. The Wiz, the Magic, 128, 102 winners over Detroit. Spurs upset the Kings 142 to 134. Lakers 128, or excuse me, 134, 109. Suns 128, 118 over the Thunder. And the Cavaliers, my Cavs, 115, 105 winners against Indiana. Bucks 117, Sixers 104. And the Nugs, what's that? Is it a system play? Yes nugs 112 (laughs) warriors 110 at denver yep the system rides again no games on the schedule tonight as the college boys
0: Take center stage. So here's where we are in the NBA standings. As far as the pertinent races are concerned, the Celtics are two games back of the Bucks for the one seed in the Eastern Conference. Boston has four games remaining against the Sixers, Hawks, and two against the Raptors. Milwaukee, ooh, they get two, I guess you can call them easy games against the Wizards and the Bulls. They also play the Raptors and the Grizzlies. The race for, uh, I guess, If you're going to be in a play-in tournament, do you have a chance to maybe uh, get a home home court or get an extra game? Like right now, Miami's the 7, so they would be home for the 7-8 game. Atlanta is the 8. The Toronto Raptors are the 9, and the Bulls are the 10. Raptors and Hawks both have the same record. The Bulls are one game back, so... Really, if the Bulls just win a couple of games and the Hawks lose a couple of games or the Raptors lose a couple of games, then maybe the Bulls can get themselves into that eight spot. And it's important to be 7-8 because you have two chances to make the playoffs, AJ. You lose that first game, you can play the winner of the uh, the 9-10 game. In the Western Conference, the Grizzlies are three games back of the Nuggets for first place. That one seems... Pretty uh, done there. Don't think that you know. Unless we're talking about a team winning out and losing out, I don't think it's going to happen. Denver has four games remaining, and the races. Oh, this is these are great races here. Clippers and Warriors are tied for the five and six. The Lakers and the Pelicans, who are currently seven and eight, just a half game back, and then you have the Timberwolves, who are the nine seed, who are two games back. And then the Thunder, the Mavericks are one game back of the Thunder for the ten seed. We could have over the next four games, the remaining three and four games of this NBA season, the four seed, well, maybe not. The, the, the Suns might have pretty much locked up the four, although they're only, they're two and a half games up. They probably have it. So from the five down to the 10 could all be switched around in the next week or so. Think about that. You're the Clippers. You're currently the five seed. You're not safe. Yeah. Like, that's how crazy this is. If the Clippers lose, they're, they have three games left. Suns, Lakers, and Blazers. We just saw the Blazers with a big upset win. Let's say they lose their remaining three games. And let's say the Thunder, who have, how many games do the Thunder have left? Oh, okay, Casey's got three games. Thunder win their next three games. 13, hmm. Eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. They would be tied, and then it would come down to who has a tiebreaker. Like, think about that. Uh, I'm I'm talking about a situation where a team that's currently sitting fifth could possibly be tenth, or maybe not in the yeah. You know, well, they can't not be in the playoffs, but possibly tenth. You know, if they lose out. Like, that's just just wild the way that the the Western Conference is all jumbled up here in the NBA. In the NHL, spots are clinched in the playoffs. We just don't know exactly where teams are going to be playing. I mean, the Boston Bruins are your president's trophy winner. They got the most points in the NHL. They're your one seed. Uh, the Maple Leafs and uh, Lightning will play each other in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And it looks like, well, I guess there's still a chance that Tampa could gain, could get home ice, but Toronto's got four points up on them and one less game so more opportunities to gain points Carolina is three points up on the Devils for first place in the Metropolitan six points up on the Rangers Rangers just three points back of the Devils those two teams right now would be lined up to play each other Carolina though has one game in hand they so they play an extra game so more points for them the Islanders with 87 points are your first wild card But the Penguins are right behind them with 86. The Panthers, right behind them with 85. Oh, and by the way, Buffalo, not eliminated yet. They have 81. Same thing with Ottawa, not eliminated yet. They have 80 points. Minnesota, first place in the Central, 97 points. One point up on Colorado and Dallas, who are both tied with 96 points. Vegas, first place in the Pacific, one point up on L.A., who is one point up on Edmonton. And then Seattle is your first wild card with 90 points, just one point up on Winnipeg, who is two points up on Calgary and five points up on Nashville. It is, I said it's crazy in the NBA how all things are are, are jumbled up. In the NHL, I mean, play, we these next few games will determine These final games of the regular season will determine playoff spots. And that's why I think you can really take advantage of who needs the wins here when you're looking at how to handicap these games. For example, a play I gave out on pregame.com yesterday, the Pittsburgh Penguins to win in regulation. The Penguins needed this win. They had just watched Florida win on Saturday and take over the second wild card. They needed a win against the Flyers team who, yeah, they've been scrappy at points this season, but they're not going to play as hard as the Pittsburgh was. Pittsburgh wins 4-2. to They needed the win. The Flames needed the win in the worst way. They went down. They trailed the Ducks 2-0. They trailed the Ducks. They fight hard. They come back. They win 5-4. I mean, that's the heart of a playoff team right there. So take advantage of these spots. Here's what's on your schedule tonight. It's just three games. Knights at the Wild. Both these teams are in the playoffs, but fighting for playoff positioning. So no real edge there. Minnesota minus 135. Same thing. Predators at the Stars. Both teams are in the playoff picture. Star uh, Predators need the game more than the Stars. But it's a toss-up here. Dallas is minus 195. I mean, toss-up as far as motivational is concerned. This is one you could take advantage of. Coyotes are at the Kraken. Seattle is minus 320. So maybe find a way to take advantage of Seattle because Seattle needs the win. They're just one point up on Winnipeg for the first wild card. So Seattle wants to maintain their spot as the first wild card. Uh, I would probably take a look at Seattle and maybe on the puck line. They should beat the Coyotes in this one. Make sure you guys go check out pregame.com. We got a whole bunch of uh, great offerings there. Daily best bet packages on Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, XFL. Uh, You got the National Championship, college basketball tonight. The NFL draft is going to be coming up at the end of the month. And you can get yourself a draft package as well or... Why don't you get a season subscription package? Get the most bang for your buck. You know, take advantage of the great offers that we have at pregame.com. And you can go and take advantage of the promo codes that we give out. How do you do that? You sign up at pregame.com for free. Get your free $25 just for signing up. And then you can use the promo codes to get discounts, like 20% off. If you use any of our promo codes, like SOV20, or AM20, because it's S-O-V-A-M. Yeah. That's the show. They make it easy for you. Yeah, them. S-O-V-20 or AM20, either promo code. gets you 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. Do us a favor. If you like the show, tell your friends. Subscribe. Spread the word. Leave a good review. Subsc- yeah, follow the podcast on your favorite device. Make sure you never miss an episode downloaded directly to your device, because we are here every morning, Monday through Friday, giving you this, uh, you know, Great sports conversation with a Vegas league. And I say that at the beginning of the show. It's like a cliche, but it's kind of like our motto. It you is. Know? What's a motto? I don't know. What's a motto with you? SOV20 or AM20 is the promo codes at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Sadenberg. We are Straight out of Vegas AM.